What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast. My name is Dante Williams, and I want to know something. Have y'all ever been into a fight? I don't mean like like an argument fight where you're just throwing words. I'm talking about like where you throw hands, like an actual fight where you get knocked in the face. I have to admit, I've been in two fights in my life. Um, one of them I won, the other one I lost. And the one I lost, I'm about to tell you about today. Uh, it happened when I was, I think I was in like second grade. It was a while back. I was in second grade and all I remember is I was dribbling the basketball by myself on the basketball court. And this kid walked up to me and said, hey, give me the ball. And I was like, no, I'm good. And it happened so quick. All he did was walk up to me, punch me right in the mouth. And then he took the basketball and started playing. And I remember, I remember I just, I just got upset. I was like, man, this is stupid. I'm done. And I just walked away. And I remember going home and telling my dad about this. And the reaction I got from my dad is not what I was expecting. My dad was mad at me. He was actually mad at me. And he told me something that I'll never forget. And he said, I don't care if you end up getting in trouble, if you get detention. I don't, I don't care. If somebody hits you, if somebody attacks you, you fight back. Whether you win or you lose, you don't just let someone hit you and you don't just take it. You fight back. And you know, God says the same same thing about his children. God doesn't want you to just take the attack from the enemy. God doesn't want you to just accept a bad season in your life. He wants you to, to try and fight back, but not with your own capabilities, but through his power. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2 says this, it says, But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness. Now this word boldness, the original uh, Greek word translates to confidence. So we had confidence in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So they had confidence in conflict. And what I see is some of y'all try and use your own resources to solve your own problems. You'll try and do what you are capable of to solve your issues, and you never involve God. Talking about, oh, you know, dep- depression just got me today, and I tried everything I could do. I'm just still sad, so I guess I'm just going to have a bad day. Oh, I lost my job, and I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I've tried everything I could do. I tried applying and unemployment, and it just ain't going to make ends meet. And you'll never involve God. And I asked the question, how can you be your own healer? When you're in pain, how can you be your own savior when you're still struggling to find salvation? And I have to ask, is your confidence in your capabilities or is your confidence in the creator? See, when you put your confidence in God, you get the confidence of God's character. You say, well, what's God's character? God says, I am who I am because God is love. God says, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the first and the last. I am eternal life. I am merciful. I am your strength when you are weak. I am the word. I am king of kings. I am El Shaddai, Yahweh. I am. So when you're struggling and you're wondering, God, where are you? God says, I am. I am here. And I was thinking about instances in the Bible where there are people that put their confidence in God when they were up against a conflict. And the first person that came to mind was David and Goliath. Now, y'all probably heard the story a hundred times in Sunday school. You've heard it preach, you know, Goliath was big and bad. David rolled up with the sling, pop, right in the head, and David uh, and Goliath fall down. That's how it's always been 
presented to me. And that is true. But I want to go through the story of David and Goliath today. But I'm going to look at it a little bit differently because there's so many things that happen that can easily be overlooked. So we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 11. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory real quick before we hop into this because you got to understand why we're at this chapter and why we're starting here. So at the beginning of the book of Samuel, you had the king Saul. Saul was the man. God was with Saul. God was like, yo, Saul, you my king, dude. We're going to do this together. Saul was winning battles, but then Saul started to disobey and he started to make his own decisions instead of going with what God said. So God said, hi, Saul, we done. I'm cutting these ties. You by yourself. So God was like, all right, I got to find another king to fill Saul's place when he done. So he told Samuel, the prophet, he's like, yo, Samuel, I need you to go out and see this dude named Jesse. This dude named Jesse in the city right across town. Yo, that's where you're going to find the king. One of his sons going to be the king. So Samuel rolled up to Jesse house. And he's like, yo, Jesse, show me your sons. I need to see all your sons. And, and Jesse bring out seven of his sons. And so Samuel looking through them, he sees some dudes that are strong. They look like they could be kings. They strong, they built. And Samuel like, yo, Lord, is this, this the one? This, yo, this has to be the one. Look at him. He got he got a jawline. He chiseled. I can see his pecs through his shirt. Like this is the dude. And God was like, no, no, no. No, Samuel, I rejected him. He ain't the king. And here's why. Because as a man, when you look for things in a king or in a leader, what you're looking for is things like looks, how tall they are, how strong they are, how well educated they are, if they have that four-year degree or not, what prior work experience they have, what prior relationships they've been in. And, and, and when you look through the eyes of man, that's what we look for in somebody. But God says, I look at the heart. I try and see what's really going on on the inside because you can fake what's on the outside, but you can never truly fake what's on the inside. And I'm God and I know everyone's heart. So he said, no, nah, they ain't the one. And so Samuel ended up going through the rest of the sons. Boom. Nope. That ain't the one. Boom. No, that ain't the one. And so we find them in chapter 16, verse 11. And Samuel's gone through all the sons that Jesse has presented to him. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And Jesse said, oh, there, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, He's keeping the sheep. Now, ain't that messed up? Samuel said, I need you to give me all your sons because there's about to be a king anointed. And Jesse gave him the seven sons, but left out the one. And the one he left out was David. Now, he left him out because he said he the youngest. Jesse already disqualified David before he was even able to have a shot at being put into God's deliverance. And I want you to understand something. What man disqualifies, God will deliver you into. Just because you ain't well-spoken, just because you ain't as advanced, just because you don't know where every single book in the Bible is, or you don't know how to pronounce the books or the words in the Bible talking about thy and they, just because you are not the one that man would originally choose does not mean that you are disqualified in God's eyes. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. Another translation says, we're not moving from this spot until he gets here. A lot of us think that we've missed out on our purpose because of bad decisions that we've made. I've had to go through this personally. I'd be walking with God. I'd be reading his word. I'd be doing what I'm supposed to do. And it feels like I took a big step forward in my walk with God. 
But then I would sin or I'd look at something I wasn't supposed to look at or I'd say something I wasn't supposed to say or I'd do something I wasn't supposed to do and it felt like I took five steps back and it always feel like I'm missing out on the purpose that God had in my life. Some of y'all, you, you get into a bad relationship and you think, man, I wasted so much time in my life with this person that I was not supposed to be with that I can no longer be with a godly person that God wants me to be with. Some of y'all thinking, oh man, I had a I had a kid when I was 16 years old and that screwed up the plan I had for my life. So God can not use me. And what God is trying to say is we are not moving until you get here. Just because you took a detour doesn't mean it will excuse you from God's deliverance. You think God's going to put someone else into your purpose. You think because you made a wrong move or the wrong turn in your life that God's going to fill your spot with someone else. I'm here to tell you that the promise that God has set for you is for you. There's other promises for other people, but God will not let anything move until you have come around. And so we're going to skip into chapter 17. You say, why are we skipping? Because a lot of it is just things I honestly just don't want to go over. What happens is Samuel anoints David as king. Boom. David, God with you. That's awesome. And then you got Saul back here who God rejected. And now Saul got an evil spirit on him. And Saul talking about, man, I got this evil spirit. I need some music so I can feel better. And someone says, yo, this dude named David can really play the harp really good. So David rolled up to Saul's kingdom. He started talking about boom, chicka-doom, chicka-doom, chicka-doom. And then Saul's healed. And so Saul keeps David around. So now in chapter 17, where we're at is the Israelites and the Philistines. They don't like each other. They don't like each other at all. It's a rivalry. They about to fight. They about to get into a war. And what happens is the Philistines bring out their champion, Goliath. And this is what we see in verse 4 in chapter 17. It says, And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was nine feet nine inches. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 126 pounds. That's ridiculous. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and the spear's head weighed 15 pounds and his shield bearer went before him. Now, when I read this, I was like, dang, like y'all really went into detail. Like, like y'all explained your enemy to a T. You ain't have to go into all that detail. You could have just said the dude was 10 feet tall and he was really big, bad, and scary. But they went through all the armor he was wearing, how heavy it was, how how cool this guy must be, and scary he must be to be able to carry all this armor. And I could just imagine when the soldiers saw this, they probably were just like, ha, yeah, duh. Nah, I ain't fighting that. They ain't no, how you expect me to win a battle against a dude that's 10 feet tall? Look at me. I'm 5'8", and you want me to go up against that giant? He His armor literally is my weight. He's, he's throwing me over his shoulders to wear me as armor. You really think I'm fitting to fight this guy? There's no way we can win. And, and the word says that when they saw him and when he was spoke, they were dismayed and afraid. They'd already given up on the battle before it even started. You know, sometimes in our life, we predict our defeat. We'll predict our defeat. A lot of times before we even get a chance to battle or before we even get a chance to go up against a situation that's coming in our life, we'll predict our downfall as if our God is not greater. Some of y'all been praying for a godly man to step into your life, but 
But when he finally gets delivered into your life, you won't even take the chance to step into a relationship that God is trying to call you into because you're afraid of what might happen. Some of y'all get a diagnosis from the doctor saying that's not looking well and you're already planning on your life being done in the next three months and you ain't even have a chance to fight the battle. You ain't even give God a chance to show up because your confidence is in your confidence is not in the creator. And they exaggerated the enemy. They built Goliath up to be bigger than what he was. He's already 10 feet. You don't got to build this man up anymore. But they exaggerated the enemy instead of exalting their God. And I wonder how many times in our life where we come up against a situation or we're struggling in our marriage or you have some health conditions, do you exaggerate the power of the enemy instead of exalting the goodness of God? And in verse 8, it talks about how Goliath is starting to shout at them. It says, he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. He was ready to fight. Goliath was trying to get them to come down to him to fight. But what's funny is they had the high ground. It said that he said, come down to me, which must mean that the Israelites had the high ground. You know, the enemy never has the high ground. The enemy is never above you or God. If you are a child of God, how then can the God who is above all things, the King of kings and Lord of lords, how then can the enemy be above you? He can't. You have the high ground. So no matter what enemy you face, they can never overcome you. They're below your feet. If you have the high ground and the enemies below, they below your feet. You know, Genesis 3.15 says this, that he will bru- uh, we will bruise his head and, we, and he will bruise our heel. Just as Goliath was below, so was the devil. So if the word says that he will bruise our heel and we'll bruise his head, you know what that means? That means that the devil may try and come for my thoughts. He may and try and attack my insecurities. He may try and come for my job. For my family, for my relationships, for my mental health, for my happiness. He may try and come for all those things. And I may be left with the bruise, but he'll be left with the grave. He may go down swinging because when I stomp the devil out and I decide to put my confidence in God, he going he gonna to fight. He going to bite. But all he going to do is bruise my heel and I'm going to crush his head. I'm going to walk it off because mm, mm, I'm going to walk it off. The devil never has the high ground. So don't exaggerate your enemy when you're already exalted by God. Now, I'm just going to get to the point where David go ahead and kill Goliath because everyone knows this happened. This ain't this ain't a shock to anybody. We all know David killed Goliath. But I'm going to go through what happened before that. And this is going to be a lot of verses. It's going to be about 10 verses. And I need you to stick with me. And here's why. Because we're not just going to skip to the celebration without talking about the confrontation. A lot of times when we read the Bible, we love talking about the things that we can celebrate. Yes, God heals. Yes, he does miracles. Yes, David kills Goliath. But but we don't want to talk about the confrontation. And sometimes in our lives, we want to hear how God's going to bless us, but we want to skip over how he has to test us. Because where there's blessing, there's a testing. Where you get blessed, a lot of times there comes a test. 
So we're going to go through this. So go ahead and stick with me. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. I'm going to stretch because it's a long one. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul finally said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So David finally rolls up to Goliath, and we're in verse 43 here. So go, uh, go ahead and listen close. It says, And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistine this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. David made a connection. Ain't that cool? David made a connection from the stone to his dome and killed Goliath. You know, there's confidence in connection. If we're going to have confidence in conflict and confidence in our creator, we have to understand that there's confidence in connection. Everything that David went through was connecting him to his calling. From Saul being rejected to Samuel going to see David to David not being presented in front of Samuel by his father to Saul or to Samuel then anointing David as king then Saul needing someone to play the harp and David being the one that he chooses to David being there when Goliath was assaulting the Israelites to David then reaching his calling and defeating Goliath. It was all connected. It was all connected. And one thing I want you to understand, this is so powerful. Oh, when I saw this, this is so powerful. This is going to release somebody today. Goliath, the big dude, 10 foot tall Goliath. His name in Hebrew, the root word of his name is Gala, which means to uncover. Goliath was a man that uncovered fear in everyone he fought. He uncovered things in men that was shameful, and that would make them fear. But as we read before, when he had so much armor, the man that uncovered fear in other people covered himself in a bunch of armor. 
And when him and David fought, Goliath uncovered something in David, but it wasn't fear. It was something that Goliath was not expecting. Something that when David wielded it, it sent chills down his back. And that was confidence in his creator. And because of that, David uncovered something in Goliath. And what David uncovered in Goliath was his weakness. What the enemy will love to try and do when they attack is uncover doubt, uncover fear, uncover shame, uncover forgotten emotion, uncovered forgotten memories of things that you did in the past. The enemy wants to uncover things in you that will ultimately try and destroy you. But you have to understand that you have the power of God on your side where you can uncover the veil that the enemy's trying to hide behind. And you can come at them. You can come at any situation that you're faced with, with the word of God. So I just want to ask you, are you going to put your confidence in your capabilities? Or are you going to put your confidence in the creator? Lord, I pray that someone today is being, is being freed, is being set free. Lord, a lot of us can be in bondage of doubt, of fear, of not knowing what path we can take, Lord. And I just pray that you help us put confidence in you. Lord, because we've tried so hard to put confidence in what we're capable of doing and we fail time and time again. But God, you are all powerful. You are almighty. You are El Shaddai. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings, Father God. And we know if we just put our confidence in you that there's nothing that you cannot help us overcome. Lord, I pray that if there's someone struggling today in their heart, in a situation with afflictions to their health, Lord, I pray that you just set them free. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, I hope this message helped you today. If it did, I pray that you just share this with somebody. Send them the link. Leave a comment or review on the podcast. And and if you haven't already, go listen to the other episodes of this podcast. And I, I hope they uplift you in the way that this one has. Y'all have a great day. Peace out.